And in moments of distress in childhood, if we aren't comforted and reassured and helped to feel safe again, it's called co-regulation. If we don't have someone with us and we have to regulate our own nervous system as a little child, we can't do it. We don't know how to self-regulate yet. Welcome to the Dr. Espen podcast, where we explore the latest in quantum science, personal development, consciousness and spirituality, health, as well as business and money mastery. Join me as I interview experts from all over the world, sharing the most incredible stories of transformation. This is where we provide you with the exact tools and coaching activities you need to expand your consciousness in each of the eight areas of your life. For more info on our events, programs, coaching, etc., go to drspen.com for the full quantum experience. Greetings and welcome, everybody. Dr. Espen here. Today, I have the privilege and the pleasure to interview someone that I've known on and off for quite some years. She's done some amazing work in the coaching world. This is Remy Sharon Pearson. Remy Sharon Pearson has been at the forefront of coaching, speaking, and leadership, also entrepreneurship and personal development now for over 18 years. Many of her best-selling books have done some amazing stuff around the world. I've been reading this three or four times, taken lots of notes, Disruptive Leadership, and many other books. It's been really great in my life as well, and I've known a lot of people in my reality that's had great transformations from doing the work that she's been doing. So best-selling books, The Perspective Podcast. This is exciting. I want to talk a little bit about this podcast and also the Coaching Institute's world-class program. Used to be known as TCI, the Coaching Institute. Now it's ICI, International Coaching Institute, with students all over the world. She's reached over 7 million people around the world to help them empower them to live their lives and their dreams, et cetera, et cetera. She's recognized internationally as the pioneer of the metadynamics which is an evidence-based coaching method. Also the critical alignment model, which we'll see if we can get into a little bit of uh, some questions about this one. And also the ultimate you quest. And that's something that I want to talk about today if we can, because we're going to go into the emotional side a little bit. Remy is also the award-winning entrepreneur, speaker, coach, and the best-selling author of seven books, as I talked about before, and one of which you've already seen. So I'm excited because I've known about your work for quite some time. And today we have the privilege to go deep and to talk about some of the tools that may be needed for the journey ahead. So welcome, Remy. How are you this morning? Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here. We're excited to have you here. My first question is, when you look at the world right now and all the work that you've done, I mean, you've had the chance to work with millions of people over 18 years. How has the journey been and what is it that it keeps inspiring you to help people be the best that they can be? When they invented coaching, they were thinking of me, apparently, because when I discovered it, I realized that was my song. It was just my natural place to be. I never dreamt that it would be like this. I never dreamt it would be where it's at now around the world. I would have been happy if I'd helped one person other than myself. So where we've got to is way beyond anything I ever envisioned. But it just began by seeing the definition of coaching, the ability to help people transform their lives, to feel empowered, to live a life well lived and help them achieve what it is they want to achieve for themselves. 
okay, well, that's me. <laughs> so that's how it came about. And ever since then, I feel more delighted every year and more connected every year to being able to be part of and share people's journeys wherever at whatever stage they're at in their lives as they reflect on, is this where I want to, who I really am? Are circumstances really going to dictate the quality of my life? What skills am I missing because I was never taught and I get to be beside them as they get to unfold and discover this beautiful world that's within them. And I can't imagine doing, well, I haven't yet discovered anything I could do that helps me feel this fulfilled. So can you tell us a little bit more about the specific type of coaching? Because I know coaching is a pretty broad term, but what is yeah. it that you guys specialize in and why? I began 20 years ago. Coaching was quite, I would have said, a blunt instrument back then. It really was the grow model, which is know your goal, know your reality, know your options, know your way forward. Since then, very fortunately, we've had access to many other modalities of transformation or of personal healing or of well-being. So I believe coaching in itself has been informed by positive psychology, existential philosophy. It's been informed by way beyond sports coaching, which is where it originally took its inspiration from, which I think is very superficial. So we've had the benefit in the last two decades of being able to reflect on what can coaching provide because it's in constant, I believe, evolution. Part of that was me reflecting on, well, what do I think coaching needs to include and be informed by? What do I feel is missing? Because it can't be as simple as set a goal, go for it. That to me is superficial living. It's thinking and believing the myth that has been proven repeatedly that hitting your goal will make you happy. That is an empty promise. It is a myth. It is a lie. So given that, and given that coaching was basically built on that premise, we really needed to question the whole way we look at it. And because of that, I began to really reflect on it. And what I came up with was there are really four dimensions we're going to need to take care of to have a fulfilling life, to have a meaningful life, to have sustained happiness, not just a blink of happiness because we climbed the mountain and we conquered and we got what we wanted. You know, even an Olympian will tell you all that lifetime's preparation for standing on the podium. And then they just, a lot of them drop off the cliff afterwards because hitting the goal whilst it seemed like it was everything, didn't create meaning in life. Because afterwards, what now? How many people say they hit a goal? Is that all there is? How many people get to retirement and get the gold watch and go, well, what for? So I think there are four dimensions we need to consider way beyond hitting our goal. And we need to consider what's our purpose? How big a question is that? How big a question is, what's our purpose? Is it really just to be a goal manufacturer? It can't be that. It has to be more than that. So I believe our purpose and where we coach from philosophically is our purpose is to reveal, reconnect with, live and express our truest selves, our most authentic, truest self. And I would say most people would have no idea who that is. Mm. So if you coach from that frame, 
you've transformed the coaching session. Okay. I don't know if you guys picked up what just happened, but that was like a reframe of what we thought coaching was in terms of a goal or goals and coming back to the essence of who we really are and that truth. This is what I yes. got from that. I love that. And and so I think this is one of the greatest challenges today in today's society anyway. If you look at, I remember the book, The Five Common Regrets of the Dying, the greatest regret of thousands of people in Australia was that they didn't live a life true to them. So you literally just nailing it in terms of the biggest suffering that people experience, at least in yes. this country. Yes, So, So what does truth mean to you in that essence? When someone's watching, they're listening, they're thinking, cool, I get that point and I feel like I'm not in alignment with my truth. I don't feel that fulfillment on the inside. What does truth mean to you in that essence? Well, fortunately, I'm standing on the giants that came before me. So mm. Buddha and so many others. So it isn't a truth I feel I've discovered. <laughs> Let me give attribution where attributions do. But true self, authentic self, however you want to frame that, all of us have within us under the layers of the masks, the roles we play of being the caretaker, the hero, the rescuer, the people pleaser, the martyr, whatever the role and or several roles under that, there is a true self. And the true self, and I think internal family systems therapy has helped us with this as well to make it a little bit more definable than perhaps Buddhism did, but it's looking like our true self is one of very naturally compassion, caring, gentleness. There can still be passion, kindness, wisdom, a lack of self-consciousness, spontaneity, expressiveness, creativity. So, and it isn't acting those characteristics. It's a natural beingness in that place. It's a groundedness. It's a centeredness. Now we can act grounded and act calm, hmm. but that's still a role. That's still the performance. And I'd like to, if I could here, and please direct me if, if you'd want me to go somewhere else, but I'd like to speak a little bit to why we have all these roles and why getting to our true essence is so challenging. So when I'm coaching someone and when I'm teaching my coaches, I'm not just coaching them to how to hit a goal. I am seeing layers of performance that we've all been taught since childhood to perform, to play. We're all playing parts. So we are raised, all of us, in environments of trauma. Every single one of us, no exceptions. And trauma isn't capital T, it's little t. And some of us are big T traumas. And little traumas are not being validated, not being accepted, being judged, being criticized, being rejected, feeling abandoned in a moment of distress. And in moments of distress in childhood, if we aren't comforted and reassured and help to feel safe again, it's called co-regulation. If we don't have someone with us and we have to regulate our own nervous system as a little child, we can't do it. We don't know how to self-regulate yet. It's a taught skill. Mm -hmm. So when we aren't co-regulated enough or consistently enough, or it's very inconsistent, 
unfortunately, what's happened to all of us is we develop adaptations. We cope. And the way we cope is through the adaptation of developing these performances, these shows that we do that maybe will get us approval or attention or whatever it is we are desperate to get. Mm-hmm. And in the formation of these performances, we come to form a personality. And we believe our personality is who we are. And I was really shocked when I realized that my personality isn't me. Because <laughs> I'd been hanging on to that. <laughs> yeah. I was really working on having a lovely personality. And then I discover I was really shocked for a day. My personality is not me. So I think a lot of coaching, a lot of people are working hard on getting better at personality, Mm. which is great. And I understand that. And I do that as well. But that's only part of what we need to be doing. So there's the personality that's developed through little t traumas and adaptations to those traumas. And now I'm saying, and then I realize there's a real self behind all of that performance, all of that personality. So when I say our true self is filled with those characteristics, your personality may have those characteristics, but that still isn't true self. True self is behind the performance. Mm. And I think our journey in life is to get behind the performance. And if that was easy, we'd all be doing it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 I get it. Is there a part to this where the personality can be seen as the ego outer layer and the essence that you're talking about is the real essence of who we are? How would you frame the difference between the two? Because I'm getting a real solid spiritual aspect coming through you now. Yeah. I don't always avoid the word ego. I can use it. It just has such a bad rap. Mm -hmm. The poor ego has really been beaten up. Like there's literally a book called How to Get Rid of Your Ego. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. No. So... Let's use the word ego and let's soften the frame. Mm -hmm. So ego is a protection. Ego serves and is attempting to protect us from past hurts. And all it's doing over and over again is trying to help us feel safe and secure over and over and over. And if the adaptations from childhood are not suitable to adulthood, we call it, you're just egotistical. No, 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 no. Let's not be so harsh on this person. This person has developed an adaptation in childhood that worked in that environment. Mm -hmm. They believe it's who they are. They are simply doing what they believe will help them feel safe. It's not conscious. They're not trying to do it. It's not deliberate, but that is the outcome. Mm -hmm. So let's not judge the ego, which I'm not saying you did, but a lot of people hear ego as a dirty word. There's like, there's songs about this. Let's just be really gentle and appreciate with compassion that it has a job. And it has a job, firstly, really to help us be motivated, which is wonderful. But where it gets the bad press, the poor PR, is the way we see it as being maladaptive. It's a protection that really isn't suitable for intimacy. It isn't suitable for vulnerability. It was never geared to help us feel closer together. That isn't its job. It doesn't care about our intimacy. It doesn't care how you feel with me. It only cares that I feel safe. And it would even, if it had been adapted this way, hurt you in an attempt for me to feel safe. Now, it's not trying to be bad. It's trying to keep me safe. 
Mm-hmm. So That's let's honour the. It's well, it's safety and security. Mm. So it's past survival if you live in the Western world because we're going to have enough food, water, shelter. For sure. So it's about safety and security, and most of us were raised in environments where we don't feel safe and secure enough, and therefore the less safe and secure we felt, the bigger the ego. And that's how it becomes a maladaptation. It literally takes over the host, (laughs) which is our true self, and becomes this, it becomes the puppet master of our lives. And so if you meet someone who's really coming from ego in the sense that we don't really feel attracted to, know how wounded they've been. Yeah, exactly. Know how incredibly hurt they've been. Mm. Know that they live in constant pain of never feeling safe or secure and that everything's a threat. You know those people who are unbelievably defensive at everything? They're like a walking trigger. They are so hurt. Mm. They are so hurt. It doesn't excuse poor behavior because that ego can behave very poorly. But just know the bigger the defense mechanisms, the bigger the trauma. Yeah, love that. And so we can relate this back to the viewers now. If there's anything within you that may resonate with what you're hearing, perhaps there is deeper levels of healing available for you here. Um, talking mm. to these adaptations, right? Because yeah. we can see these signs and symptoms within ourselves and without beautiful, as you said, without judgment, but rather with compassion. If there is this outer layer of, hey, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, therefore I won't be loved, so let's put on a show to show everyone how awesome I am, is actually coming yeah. from a place on the inside that may not be in alignment with self-love, perhaps? Well, it's the protector, the ego, this protective layer, this performance is protecting the inner child. It's not mm-hmm. protecting the true self. Yeah, exactly. So it's job. So our, when we were little and we had little T traumas occur or big T, our inner child, the little one that we were, the precious little child who was defenseless, was hurt and was wounded and was scoffed at or sent to their room and abandoned when they most needed to be held. What else could you do but know how to get through that? Mm. And it could be through fantasy or dissociation or numbing out or self-soothing and welcome to addictions. I mean, Mm. we're going to find a way to be okay as we don't feel okay. But now as an adult, we're all walking around with this inner child in us, this little six-year-old, this little five-year-old who doesn't know that they can be okay. And that's where the real work, and that's where I light up, like I could cry right now. That is where we're getting to the gold. So if you see yourself getting defensive, you see yourself getting triggered, get really, really excited because you are now on the path, if you're prepared to be aware of it, to healing. Mm. Okay. So how do we transition from that space? Because now we're going from kind of problem or awareness to solution, right? So can you tell us a little bit about the way you have been coaching over the years? Uh, And I'd like to kind of also, because, you know, following your path, it looks like you've been going through so much stuff, you know, NLP mastery, like understanding the nervous system, understanding the mind. And then correct me if I'm wrong, but I felt from watching your 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 own transformation in your own life, it yeah. looked like the time that you were um, writing or publishing the ultimate you that it was a lot more emphasis around this compassion and emotion and and the healing aspect of it. Can you talk a little bit to 
to that, what was the transition like for you to understand the power of the mind, the power of the nervous system, and then to yeah. take that new yeah. new approach, if it is a new approach? I know you've rebranded. There's a lot of cool things that have happened. Tell us about that yeah. journey because I think that's relevant right now. Well, in the beginning, I stood on the shoulders of the giants that preceded me and none of this was really available. So I give credit to the people who were doing the best they could. So Thomas Leonard, who passed away back in you know, a while back, and other people like that back in the 80s were informing what coaching was. And it was a very simple model and it was a very exterior-based model. Do you recall? It was very much about what goal do you want to hit out in the world and what are you tolerating out in the world and what do you need to clean up in your space? It was a very external focused. Then I began studying Buddhism and it hasn't provided all the answers and I don't think it does, certainly not for me. I got a master's in positive psychology and it doesn't provide the answers as much as they want to claim credit for coaching and they think coaching should be all positive psychology. I simply do not agree. I'm a master's in it and I say from a place of complete authority, no, I don't believe positive psychology is all that we have to say about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's all Buddhism either, but it's also, there are many other elements we need to bring in. But the point is, Coaching that doesn't help you look within is only changing the performance. Mm. That's it. So if you coach someone simply to get the goal, get the promotion or whatever it is, you are coaching the ego to do a better show. Mm -hmm. That has to be a problem. Let that sink that in. This is big. has to be a problem. Yeah, so I became a trainer in NLP as well. This is all way back in the early you know, turn of the century. Oof. And at every single time when I trained in them, I thought, this is it. That's the answer. And I'm just such a devotee when I learned something. Like I was so excited about NLP and hypnosis and all, all of it. I just thought, we found the answer. This is the key. This is everything. We don't need anything else. But then trauma-informed research began to percolate and some of the beautiful work around healing inside began to come up. And I saw a real clash. You know, if you take NLP and pure coaching, this can help because you can drop the tools in. But I don't believe this provides the glue that holds all of it together. Mm -hmm. I think the glue is over here in the emotions. All trauma is stored in the body and the fissure of the muscles. All trauma is emotion, not logic. Yes, we can make transformations for NLP and I still use it for phobia busts. I use it for obliterating a painful memory. I can help clients you know, in minutes with that and I still do. But the deeper stuff, trusting ourselves, knowing that both caring about knowing how to self-advocate, even what that means, being courageous enough to speak up when a boundary is violated. They're not tools. They're not a quick NLP hypnosis session. This is coming with someone who will accept you as you feel ugly, as you feel unworthy. And with repetition, huh, this person doesn't turn away. This person keeps accepting me. 
This person keeps helping me feel so. I get emotional talking about this. Good. It's so it's precious. Yes, exactly. It's so precious and it's so rare. So few people provide this space. Mm. So few people even know they are walking wounded, trying to get their own safety. So coaching to me, I think 80%, and I think my clients would say the same thing and all of my students would say the same, maybe they wouldn't, but I, I believe 80% of what I do with them and for them is be a safe place to be. I hold a safe space. Mm. Being held in a safe emotional space is so rare. Where are we on swearing on this podcast? Oh, hey, speak your truth. <laughs> so fucking rare. It's the most precious gift we can give someone. It is all healed when we feel safe and secure and we learn how to generate and cultivate safety and security within ourselves and with someone else. And until we know we are able to do that, we are playing a show. We are playing the performance and our egos will keep taking over again and again and again. That is literally life. What I have just shared there, that's the point mm. where we can go, I'm okay. And it's true all the way through. Even when the shit's hitting, even when it's not going well, you know, I had something happen. I was attempting to see a therapist for big T trauma. And my pattern, my superhero status uh -huh. is to be a caretaker and to want to understand and compassion, even in the face of awful behavior coming my way, I want to make it right. That's my superhero status. I'm a recovering superhero. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm in this session. It's a train wreck of a session. He clearly had stuff come up. Please nobody say you must be projecting. No, no. <laughs> it was not a projection. It was awful. And he did something unbelievably inappropriate, like a boundary violation that is beyond, beyond, like it was really shocking. And I'm in tears. And I like I'm in the height of being therapized on big T trauma and this highly inappropriate behavior because I know who old me superhero would have done. Mm. They would have made it want to make it right. They want to make it good. They want to try and be understanding. I, I'm smiling so much because this is what happened instead. I stood up and I left and I emailed saying, we're not a good fit. And that's it. I didn't over explain for anybody watching who understands this pattern of coping. Do you get this? I didn't overexplain. I didn't try to get understanding. I didn't try and make them feel better. Validation, <laughs> judgment. Nothing. Just mm -hmm. we're not a good fit. Mm -hmm. and, and I hadn't really given a thought till then, until just then. I was like, this is a perfect example of that was me in my truth. Mm. This isn't okay. I don't feel safe and secure. You don't seem to be able to create that holding space for me, so I'm not going to stay. Mm. That was never available to me 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. I would have got angry, judgmental. 
I would have stayed upset and dysregulated for a long time. It's therapy. It's a lot of safety. You're meant to be a lot of safety there. But the transformation, I hope this example is helpful. I didn't come from any of the superhero plays. I didn't play out any of it. I just walked out and said, this isn't for me. Mm. And I did it with such clarity and such calmness and just centered. Like I'm smiling now at how empowered I feel because I self-advocated and I knew what was good for me and I knew I could trust my intuition. And if you're raised in small T trauma, which we all are, trusting our intuition seems like a mystery. It's like, tough. what are you talking It's tough. I don't and feel safe. How, people, can I, how can I do that? Yes, but I felt safe within myself. I didn't mm-hmm. need it from him. Mm-hmm. That's the joy of the transformation. I didn't need his safety. I had my own. So I just walked out. And I hope that's a good example of how I've transformed. <laughs> yeah, I get yeah, that. I see that. That's beautiful. Because the mind can easily st- then get into judgment and sending the email saying, how could you do this? Blah, 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 yeah. blah. Judgment, projecting, you know, our pain onto onto others, even though yeah. it's, of course, highly inappropriate. Okay, so what yeah. advice can you give or what, what kind of wisdom can you share when it comes to finding out truth? So we get it. You know, we're in situations, it's uncomfortable, it's painful. And and let's this is my projection, but I think we're we're in for a bit of a ride in the world right yep. now. The world is changing. There's stuff you know potentially happening with the economy, with other things going on. Like wow, okay. So how do we find our truth and peace within such a journey? Wow. Well, I love the question. It's a big question, and the it's answer is it, it's the only question that matters. It's the yeah. only question on yeah. planet Earth that we are all meant to be obsessed about. That is the only question. How do I feel safe and secure within myself? Yeah, thank you. And until you answer that question, everything is performance. The first thing to notice is if you can just sit with yourself, that within you, there is a tightness somewhere. If any of what I've shared relates and you relate to any of it, there'll be a tightness in your jaw, your neck, your throat, your chest, your lower chest. A lot of people have it as anxiety or a tightness or a knot or an ickiness. Let's call it ickiness in the gut. Do do you relate to this? There's a something in the body that's off. I'm trying to help with as much language as I can. There's an offness, a tightness. And if you can't right now feel that, think of the last time you felt in any way reactive or activated. Where did you feel it in your body? And where you felt it in your body is the key, the golden key to transformation. Mm, love so you, it. It's, every, it's everything. It's the most exciting thing we can do is to find where that, let's use the word ickiness, discomfort. I like to call it an issue in the tissue. <laughs> an issue in the tissue. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. So let's locate that. For me, it tends to be in the lower gut. So I'm just putting my hand there. I'm going to be with it. That's the first step. And the second is... And this is where we can go cognitive and it's fine. I know a lot of work we need to do is somatic, but let's go into our heads for a moment. Can we acknowledge that for years we've been trying to get rid of that ickiness? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> Most of us live our lives just trying to get rid of that ickiness, the issue in the tissue, as you call it. I like that. And we try to outrun it, ignore it, deflate it, suppress it, pretend it's not happening, compensate for it, drug it, Addicted, addicted out of oblivion through any form of addiction, you know, social media, all the way through to busyness, 
Mine was caretaking. If I caretook someone else, even as they were hurting me, I thought that would help me with my, because it disguised, it got, it suppressed my ickiness because I felt I was helping. Because you can focus on them and then you don't have to worry about you. Totally. How <laughs> about a good person am I? Exactly. <laughs> I'm all hard. Like, oh my God. All the time what I was doing was the performance to help. I didn't know this. No one's doing this deliberately, but we can now because we've watched this podcast. So now it's conscious. Mm. So firstly, notice where the ick is. Secondly, go, in, go into our heads and acknowledge, huh, that's my way of getting rid of that is insert your compulsion here. So whatever your compulsion is, insert it here. And I have, I've listed so far 84 different compulsions. Oh, from- I'm, I'm, I'm truth bumping right now. For those listening, yeah. if you get a chance, go back and listen to this again and literally do this exercise as we speak. One, where's yeah. the ickiness? What, how long has it been there? How does it feel? You know, really get clear on it. Two, what would you call the outer layers or the compensations? What, what's the kind of word that we're looking for here? I go for the compulsion. For example, it's busyness, caretaking, yeah. martyrdom, rescuing, uh-huh. exercise, social mm-hmm. media, TV binging, drinking, Escapism. worrying about, get into other people's business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Thank you. The, yeah. Keep going. So, awesome. Yeah. So let's just, let's not do anything with ickiness. So step one, let's just, ah, I do have ickiness. Step two. This is what I've generally done all my life and I've learned to do because when I was a child, no one helped me with this sickness, so I learned to compensation. And it's grown up into quite the beast. (laughs) (laughs) And you think it's who you are and you think it's your personality. Step three, recognize it's all performance. It's all an adaptation. You have it simply because you don't know how to deal with the ick. Mm -hmm. So let's put that to the side. Let's do those three steps. And now let's deal with it and let's do the real work. So everything up until then is acknowledging and becoming aware of the show. Now, without any compensation, there's so many ways to do this and it's so tough in the beginning. I just want to acknowledge anybody who's actually playing this podcast to do this work. Um, I, am, I, I want to do a, a little few words here for you. This is tough. You can do this. It feels overwhelming. At times, you will need to leave this space and not do the work, and that's okay. There is nothing wrong with you. You are not faulty. You do not need fixing. Your adaptations, your compulsions, you needed them. My brave, brave, brave heart, you needed them. You needed them to cope. You were alone. There is no judgment in this space. You did so well getting to where you've got to. There is no judgment here. There is no criticism. There is no shame. No matter what you experienced in the past, how you managed to get to here, wonderful, wonderful. And now, even though you have all those ways of coping that doesn't involve helping the egg, Let's learn a new skill. Let's just come into our bodies, knowing we can leave at any time if it gets too overwhelming. No one has to do this. You don't have to do it right now. It might take you months to get to the point where you can do this, and that's perfect. However you do it, you might touch it and run. Perfect. 
You might listen to and dismiss it. Perfect. However you come to this, wonderful. So notice for me, it's in my gut, so I'm going to be with, I don't have it now, but I can think of something that will help it come. And just start acknowledging being and allowing the ick instead of running from it, compensating, dismissing it. Let's just be with it. And I'm going to give you a little script here if you're following along. Let's just take a couple of breaths and be with it. Oh, my God, I love you so much. And I want you to allow it to be. Just breathe and allow it to be. Don't say anything to it. You can think whatever you want. We're just going to allow it. Oof, just allow it. It's allowed to be here. And I'm going really slowly here because I know at this point what you might be doing is wanting to dismiss it, argue with it, tell it it's bad, and we invite you, once you've done that, come back and allow it. It's allowed to be here. And now part of you might be going, but it feels bad. Allow the feeling that it feels bad to be here. And then you might be judging the fact that you're not doing the exercise. Allow that you're judging yourself hmm. to be here. And now you might be feeling bad because you're judging yourself for judging yourself. Allow the judgment of yourself as you judge yourself for not doing this fully to be here. And this is allowing the ick. Now you're going to come to realize this isn't it. <laughs> this is the gateway to you. And so allow all those levels, whatever comes up over and over, differently and differently, just allow and allow and allow. And now we're going to talk to it. And we're going to say, hey, just say, hey, I'm here. I always get emotional at this point because we haven't met this little girl or little boy inside of us all these years. We're just going to meet them. Hey, and I want you to bring a soft smile to your face. You might be crying. That's okay. I'm here. Hey. I'm here. And you're welcome. And you can give this script to your key, to your little piece of gold, or you can use my script. I'm here. Just keep breathing. I'm here with you. I see you. I'm with you. It's okay that you're here. I love that you're here. I want you to be here with me. You are welcome here. You matter. You deserve to be heard. You are not too much for me. You cannot drive me away. There is nothing you can bring that I can't hold. I love that you're here reminding me that I matter. Thank you. Thank you for being here. 
And I know I've turned away from you so many times and I didn't know. I didn't know when I turned away from that feeling, I was turning away from me, from you. And I know now, and I'm here, and we're here together. And this may be very emotional, and it's really normal. One of these sessions for me lasted two hours, so if you need to press pause and do it again, it's all good. I was just crying for like an hour on the floor because this little part of me had been so neglected and ignored all these years. And now this part, if you're not used to going into your body, can be a challenge. You might need to repeat this a few times. But what we're going to do is we're going to move into our body and feel it. And you might feel it as a description of my tummy hurts if you're not used to doing this, and that's okay too. And I just want you to feel this part of you. Not in your head, but coming down below the neck into the body. And it's not a conversation in your head you're about to have in your body. You're going to listen for the following. What are you feeling? And your body will answer, and it won't answer the first time necessarily, and that's okay. That's perfect. You might feel annoyed that your body's not speaking to you. That's okay. Accept the annoyance. You might feel frustrated that it's not working. That's okay. Accept the frustration. And all I'm doing now is covering off everything I've done when I've done this. What are you feeling? What do you want me to know? And it's going to tell you, I feel alone. I'm scared. I feel hurt. I don't know what's happening. You're not going to hear it in your head. It'll be a feeling. What else do you need me to know? And now I'm doing the script over without the explanation. How are you feeling? What do I need to know? What else do I need to know? Share with me what's happening to you. I'm here. You can bring all of that. Thank you. And the first time you do this, it may not speak to you because it's been alone and terrified all its life. It's still that six-year-old child. Eventually, if you do this enough, eventually it will speak. And then you say this, I'm here. Thank you for sharing. I'm with you. We have each other. I'm here to care for you. I care about you. I feel your hurt. I want to help you. If you can trust me, I want to visit again. Let's do this. Please let me help you. And it might not. I might just say, no, I don't trust you, and that's fine too. If you turn up enough eventually, 
that'll be with you. And you may visualize seeing yourself hug your little child. I see an angel hugging my little child uh, on a day when my mother abandoned me. I was about four at home alone. And now there's an angel hugging that little girl. You're wonderful. Thank you for sharing. I love that you've shared this with me. It's important. What you feel is important and it's true and it happened and it's real. I accept fully your experience. How may I help you? May I love you? May I be with you? Thank you. And then we're going to come back to now in the time that we're ready. Ah, knowing that part is with us now and it has a teammate and it has an adult that can now reparent that little child as many times as needed. And for me, that one little part, I would have visited maybe 100, 200 times mm. over the years. I just keep going back. Hey, I can feel you. I feel the ick. And I don't run out of the compulsion. I still do sometimes. I'm human and I forgive myself. And then I come back to that part. Hey, what do you need to tell me? How was I not supporting you? Let me know what you need. And slowly with reparenting, we get to a point where we can advocate from a sense of true self. We speak from a place of true self. And if we really, can I just talk a little bit to this? May I continue? Of course, a bit? of course. Beautiful. Yeah. Once we've done this enough that there's some trust between that part of us and hopefully our adult and more truer self, eventually we get to a point where we are called upon to advocate in the real world for that part. And by that, I mean, finally saying to someone, that behavior is no longer acceptable for me. Mm -hmm. And that little child in us goes, someone's on my team. Someone's actually saying what needed to be said. Mm. Or maybe we say, this isn't working for me. Or it could be, I've already asked you a couple of times to not do that. I see that's not within your capability. I'm going to need to withdraw now. Or it could be, I'm really not feeling heard and seen right now. Is there a way that you could tune into me so that I feel that? You start advocating for our needs that help us feel safe and secure. And our little child is going, it is safe. I can trust this true person to take care of what needs to be taken care of. So the ego, the protectors aren't going to be as needed. Mm -hmm. So the anger or the judgment or the that, I can't believe you, that, that becomes less needed. It slowly becomes less needed because we're coming from a central place of, you know what, this isn't feeling comfortable for me. You do you, it's not going to work for me. And we risk disappointing the person because it's our peace now has become more important than their peace. And we do that enough and self-esteem builds, self-confidence builds, <laughs> self-trust, and slowly we get to a point where our intuition is what we're listening to. 
And mm. like what happened with, I described the therapy session, it was first time and only time and I'm out. Rather than maybe I misunderstood, maybe it's, no, that was not safe. That was not secure. I'm advocating for myself in a really calm, quiet way. And I walk away from anything that is not helping with my peace. Mm. And that becomes very natural and doesn't have a lot of self-talk and chatter and noise about it because we know we've trusted our intuition and made a decision with our own best interests at heart. And with that, we stop being around people that don't have our best interests at heart. Mm. We stop being around people, even if they say they love us and they want to be with us, they don't have our best interests at heart. We start moving away from them naturally because it's just we know our internal health is more important than maintaining a painful status quo. Mm. And we're willing to rock boats, but we're not rocking our own boat. We're rocking the status quo's boat. Our boat is steady on the water. I love that. And our boat is aligned with our truth and who we are and what we need. And I think that level of self-love and assertiveness is something that's really needed for us to come back to. I love this process for those listening. Again, perhaps going back and doing the process as many times. I mean, Sharon just talked, Rema just said this hundreds, hundreds of times. This is not a one-stop yes. kind of touch on it. This is a process for life. Every day. Until that, that, that inner child, that part of you that has been feeling unsafe or whatever actually starts to come out. And and a word that comes up for me when you're, when you're and, and by the way, thank you for taking us through that process. That was a beautiful beautiful process. I didn't know we were going to do a process today, but here Me I am. <laughs> here I am winning. I'm winning. Yes, I'm winning. So good. What was I it for I, you? Can I ask? What was it? Yes, absolutely. I felt for me, the first feeling that come up, came up was the feeling of not being safe. And then the deeper layer of that was sadness. Yeah. Sadness. It's often and, grief. Yeah. It's sad, often, grief. often grief. And it was right here in between my shoulder blades. Wow. And and okay. also heavy on, on the heart itself. Yeah. And it was the young Espen that had, you know, trauma with his mother and didn't feel Thank safe you. to speak and Thank to be. And so he got angry. And anger was one of my go to emotions for survival for a long time as I was a young yeah. boy growing up. So it's been a lot of healing for the for the heart. Yeah. Wow, that's big. Thank you for sharing that. And did they love you visiting them and being with them and loved hearing that they're not too much and they're yeah. perfect just as they are? Yeah. I do this quite often. I sit with, I speak to my little Espen. I say, hey, hey buddy, yeah. you're, you're safe, safe to come out. You don't have to yeah. hide. Come out, yeah. be playful. It's okay. And, you know, then, and I've had issues in between my shoulder blades and, and with this area for a while as, you know, the yeah. physical manifestation of that incoherence or, you know, or energy. Yeah. There's not that's not in alignment with 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 love and healing. So, so thank you yeah. for that process. And just reiterating for those listening, how many times do you feel it's going to serve you to do this process? Okay, like Remy just said, hundreds of times. Perhaps so far, I'll be doing it for the rest of my life. Right? Most days, I would visit my inner gold. Most days, I would oh. visit in here and say, mm. "Hey, I'm here. You're welcome. For I love you." This. <laughs> this this reminds me of a saying that I often share in my events and seminars. I always say to our students, this is so powerful and this is not just an esoteric kind of blah. I think this is really a good reminder as to what we're doing here and now and what we could be devoted to doing for the rest of our lives. I always yes. say you don't have to go with without when you go within. 
Yes. So yes, you just turn it. that back within. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And I think couple that with meditation. So you were asking about my transformation. A big part of it also is daily meditation and mm-hmm. yoga. Um, I'm really bad at yoga. Yeah, I'm so I, I I call it flopping around on the floor on the floor with joy. But so I do yoga. <laughs> but meditation to me in the Buddhist tradition doesn't provide. I think we can spiritually bypass if we just meditate. I think and so one of my cons- yeah, I think one of my concerns in our space of personal development and transformation, I'm spiritual now. So is another word for dissociated from trauma and dissociated mm-hmm. from self. So yes, we can do Buddhist tradition meditation or mindfulness, but I don't think that's the whole gig. And that's why I say I don't think Buddhism is complete, nor do I think positive psychology is complete. Because they're not adding this element of going within and taking care of our parts. And that's where I think internal family systems has been really crucial. I've loved that work. I love the work of Tara Brach, your radical compassion, the RAIN technique, all of these ways of bringing both worlds together. So this is about healing. And I think this spiritual path is more about awakening. Mm -hmm. And both together is my journey. It's not just meditation and going to the void and getting under my thoughts, which I can do, it's going into the darkness and mm-hmm. embracing it and healing it. I love that. And I think that is indeed the answer to one of the questions that I had a little while ago. I said, what are some of the things that we need to be doing right now to be able to prepare for what's coming in the world? Yeah, I think that's the answer is within. I mean, it really sounds simple, but what if simplicity brings freedom? What if this healing could be our path to remain still in a potential future storm? I see so much beauty in this and I thank you for for taking us yeah. there and also honor your path. You know, it, it is powerful to be a specialist of the mind, but it is also beautiful and honorable, I feel, for me to see someone with a level of authenticity and vulnerability that you can bring in a session like this because this makes everyone feel safe. And it also normalizes the the fact that, you know, we have things within us that we are not proud of or that we've done or that we don't know how to do. Here's someone like you teaching us how simple but powerful that can be. Um, we're hey, Remy, all I want human. To... Oh, we're yeah. All human, right here. Human as forward, still growing, healing constantly. No one's got it made. That is a delusion. Uh-huh. Everyone's got stuff going on. Everybody has been hurt, and everyone is on a healing journey, even if they don't know it. That's everybody's mm. reality. Mm. And isn't it so often that those that think that they don't need it or, or haven't got the traumas? You know, we can hold space there. We can hold space there. It's beautiful. And we all have a part of us that says, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I love it. Hey, I want to ask you, Remy, can you tell us a little bit about Bravehearts? I'm excited for this conversation. Tell us about Bravehearts. Yeah. So Braveheart is this, is this work. Mm-hmm. Braveheart is, uh, it's got three elements. So I'm bringing to, it's, it's going to be an app very shortly. So hopefully by the time this is released, it'll be an actual app. And so it's a membership area platform where, I focus on firstly the skills, which is boundaries, expressing needs, self-advocacy. It's the doing the healing work and it's doing the awakening work. So it's three parts. I don't think we can just go spiritual awaken, spiritual awaken. We need some basic skills. We need to learn how to say no and risk disappointing someone. But to risk disappointing someone, we really need to heal that part of us that wants to people please. And once we've 
resolving and healing that part of us, then we can move to spiritual healing rather than spiritual bypassing. We can't, I don't think we can go straight to spiritual path without taking care of these two because we're still unskilled and we're still not healed. So Braveheart is bringing all three elements that are the inner journey and you speak to learning how to be still. It sounds simple, but there are so many skills behind how to learn to be with the stillness. Mm. And so Braveheart is teaching how to feel still, peaceful, calm, connected, and grounded in integrity with ourselves, even in the space of the storm around us. So the ocean can be doing whatever it wants, and we're just cutting a path through as if it's calm waters. Braveheart is bringing to life the skills that it takes to have the simplicity of stillness. Awesome. This is exciting. Yeah. It's the only work that matters. It's so easy for me to say, I am the cliche because I've got the success and the material wealth and all the runs on the board that way. And now I'm saying that's not what matters. <laughs> I'm that I'm that cliche. <laughs> but that's the journey, right? And also, you know, you've got to, and I know that you know this, but the healing that you've offered through understanding the power of the mind over so many years has, of course, also provided the tools for people to get there. I just think that this is the next level. And it's so it beautiful is. to see that evolution within you and your work. Thank because you. Because they, but it's something that we can aspire to, right? Think about this. Most people want that outside. You know, the, all, the, all the success of materialism. I had the same thing. I owned 10 multidisciplinary clinics. I hired medical doctors. I had 70-something staff. Wow. And then I went, uh, well, think- What happened? Unsuccessful. Well, unsuccessful in, in my happiness. Well, I was a co-owner in a franchise of medical and health clinics. And we one of the clinics became the largest yoga studio in Australasia, 1,200 square meters. You know, very you know successful within that regard. I had fifteen doctors, seven something staff in total. They were primarily based around yoga and 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 holistic type work. And then I looked at myself one day and asked the question, "Am I good? Is this, this huh? it? <laughs> you know, is this it?" And the ego said, "Oh yeah, bro, all good." And the heart <laughs> said, "All all the whichever part of me, that external part of me." And the yeah. heart said, I'm lonely. Yeah. Right. I'm not good. So it's the whole science of achievement, art of fulfillment wasn't there. And so I, yeah. I sold out 2016 wow. and just disappeared into the jungle in Peru, sat with the shamans and the medicines and the stillness and the tears and the emotions. And, and you did the trips and you. A huge part of my life now since I sit regularly, yeah. pray and, and breathe and yeah. stillness. And it's been the greatest yeah. change. And, you know, the void drives the value kind of thing. So now the seminars that I teach is all about emotional healing and going through the fear and the guilt and the shame and the grief and the sadness and so on. Yes. And then come out on the other side, having been more connected to ourselves. And so I, I really honor that journey because I can see what we can do on the outside. And we've had a great impact. Like our doctors and our people, they helped a lot of people. But yeah. that was also a part of me that wanted to be successful and seen as such. So I get it. It resonates so much with your journey and coming back to the heart because I don't know, whatever chaos may come, but if, when it does come, the world is going to look for leaders that are authentic and in their hearts. And I think brave heart and brave hearts and what you're putting together sounds like something that is going to be well needed now as well as in the future. So this is an exciting thing to to discuss around what what you're bringing up next, and I'm gonna stay tuned and and you know learn yeah, more about you. it as it evolves. 
And I think as we do this journey, I love what you shared. That's really powerful. I really relate to it. And then out of it, doing the inner work, it may be you build a doctor's practice or a yoga studio again, but it'll come from a place of connection with integrity and your truest self is looking to express itself this way rather than the personality trying to mm-hmm. cope. So your personality built the businesses, which is why it felt empty, which is, I get that. When true self is aligned with it, that would feel fulfilling. So I'm not saying you don't go for material success, do you? But it's where you come from energetically will determine how you feel about it. Ooh, and it will, feel, it will feel empty if it comes from personality. This is big. Let's just drop in for those listening to this. Where are you at now in your life? Is it really spiritually fulfilling you? Do you feel whole on the inside doing what you're doing? Or is it something that is coming from a place of emptiness but wanting to be something else? Just for something uh, something to, to feel into perhaps. Um, thank you for sharing that. I've got a, a key question, Remy, that I love asking. Um, all the people that I'm blessed to interview. And this is the question, right? I want you now to imagine that you're on the world stage. Okay. You're on the world stage. The whole world is there patiently observing, listening, and waiting to hear the message that you have to share. Take your time, breathe whenever you're ready. My question is this, what is your message to the world right now? Your love. You are so loved. You are so worthy. You are enough. You are not too much. You are welcome. You do not have to hide your hurt. It is all welcome. All of you. You're so loved. That's my message. I can't get rid of this. Yeah. It feels so landed. Does that make sense? It feels perfect. landed. It's just, yeah. Like I'm picturing people coming into the auditorium and that's the message. Maybe not even from me, but that's the message that they're feeling within themselves as they walk into this. Eight billion people walk into the auditorium, each feeling this message. So they all feel safe and secure and landed. So nothing has to be coped with. Nothing has to be fixed or tampered or controlled with. They don't have to go for the chocolate or whatever it is. They, ah, I'm enough in this space. I feel accepted. The release. I've got the biggest smile on my face and I can't get rid of it. <laughs> that was so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And, you know, we, we talked on the topic of truth. I don't think there's any better way to wrap it up than that. That is truth. Thank you. I appreciate that. And, and thank you for, again, for the work that you're doing. Tell us, where can people find out more about you and your messages, your program, your teachings, et cetera? Yeah. Well, there's so many ways to connect with us. We're, I think we're in over 100 countries now. So you can go to the internationalcoachinginstitute.com and visit and see all our courses. You can come to my website, which is remypearson.com. You can join Braveheart. We can give you a month's membership and your show if you would like to. I think that'll appear on the screen or it'll be in the show notes. There's a link so you can have a free month's access to the whole thing. And it comes out with daily messages every single day. There's a daily message aligned with this message for you. And there's meditations and there's these scripts. You know, I, I think these scripts are really powerful 
that I was doing earlier. There's lots of those scripts for not enoughness or for feeling unseen or feeling not understood. Come along to one of our free events. Just go to our website and hang out with us. We've had people for 10 years now coming to our free events, never joined a program. They just love what we do for free. So however you want to interact with us, you're welcome. Be part of the community, be part of the movement. If it's just to hang around and see if we are safe and help you feel secure, however you want to interact, you're welcome and you're loved. <laughs> Definitely. You're welcome and loved. Thank you so much, Remy Pearson. This has been beautiful. It's been refreshing. It's been heart opening. It's been authentic and real. And I'm so excited for the future. Guys, if you felt anything at all through this presentation that you feel could resonate, go to the website, check it out. I really do think that there is some powerful stuff in this for all of you. So all of me loves all of you. Thank you so much, Remy. And uh, thank, you. thank you so much. God bless you on your path, sister. Thank you. You too. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And if you want to learn more about how to walk the quantum path into life mastery, business mastery, uh, if you want to learn more about our live events or coaching or anything that we offer, go to www.drespen.com. That's D-R-E-S-P-E-N.com or email info at drespen.com. And let's find out how we can help you take your life, your business and your mission to a whole nother level. We'll see you next time.